Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome. Uh, I am Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. And Cellmates is a podcast where we take two animated movies and kind of compare and contrast and generally throw a Venn diagram over them. Often these movies are Disney. But not always. Often they are musicals. But not always. Often they are good. But not always. Dick. Yeah. What are you drinking? Well, here's the here's what I want to tell you. I have two drinks in front of me. You sure do. Well, I would say like two half drinks. Um, it is, it tastes like it might be a Belgian beer mixed with an IPA. How very oddly specific. Yeah. What a very oddly specific drink. It's interesting Mm because what we are drinking today, and let's call it, um, a radiant delirium. (laughs) Yeah. What we're drinking today is two beers, which on their own are, are good. Yeah. They are memorable beers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, you can mix them together. And they're great. We weren't sure that we 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 did this mostly as a joke because we found a beer perfect for each of our movies today. And then we're like, what would happen if we mix them together? It'll yeah. probably be really gross. And then we tried it and it wasn't gross. I kind of love it. So we poured more. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a black and tan, but it's more, more of a tan and tan. It's more of a, yeah, like a <laughs> tan and tan. Tan slightly darker so, tan. Kate, one of those beers, I, I heard you say Radiant, so I'm going to say that one of these beers is uh, from the company Radiant Pig. The brewery Radiant Pig, it's their Own the Night. Mm, which it's, is the one with the raccoon on it. It's got a cute little raccoon doing eating, some graffiti. Doing some graffiti and probably about to eat some trash. Like a or smorgasbord. Had just eaten some trash. Orgasbord. Smorgasbord, orgasbord, orgasbord. Maybe. Mm. Um, and the other beer that yeah. is in here is Delirium. Uh, oh. Which is a Belgian brand, but Delirium Nocturnum, oh. which would be a reference to nighttime. Nighttime. And um, Delirium's got That's like a more very, incidental, but yeah. They've got a very specific design. <laughs> they right? do have a very specific logo, and it is um, an, a, a pachyderm. Ooh. Acoderm, acoderm. Uh-huh. Uh, that it is, it, it is rosy colored, uh, a, a pink elephant, oh, you pink might say. pink elephant. Huh. And it like... You know, it like could be marching like it's on parade. Yeah, like I'm parading this beer down my yeah. throat right now. It's delicious. So this radiant delirium. <laughs> yeah. We were we were we ran into some luck this time. Yeah. Because the two movies we are doing are Dumbo mm-hmm. from nineteen forty one. Features uh pink elephants. Pink elephants prominently and infamously. Yeah. And Charlotte's Web, the nineteen seventy three two D animation version. Mm-hmm. Um where radiant Pig is a major plot point, like those literal words. Which is the one I always like. I remember that Charlotte spins some pig, and I remember. See, I don't even remember that one. I remember terrific, and I remember humble. You but don't I, remember Radiant? I completely forgot about Radiant I feel like until we watched the movie, and I'm like, Radiant. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it just sticks in my mind because I've seen this beer brand a lot, yeah. Radiant Pig, but Radiant to me seems the most. Salient. Anyway, for like the first time ever, we have found two beers that seem to be specifically inspired yeah. by the actual movies we're doing. It's certainly Radiant Pig. There's no other explanation for why well, you would name a brewery Radiant Pig. And Delirium's logo. Is 
a clear pink it's a elephant. Dancing pink elephant. And the fact that it thing. is named Delirium, yeah. as in like a boozy nightmare, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be a direct reference like if as you well. Had drank weird green champagne water. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if there was a beer called like Elsa's Frozen Powers. Like, <laughs> all right, it doesn't say frozen, uh, but we know what this is about. If it's, if it's like Ice Princess. Ice, well, then it could just be one of those ice queen. My Bigfoot sis- chopkick panda. My my sister, I'm going to tell this story, took my niece to uh, like a thing for Christmas. They went to like one of those indoor water parks. It's like a meet and greet and, with characters. Yeah. At that water park, they had a meet and greet with characters and it was called Meet the Ice Queen and the silly snowman and the ice harvester and the princess like snow yeah snow princess and ice queen yeah so i called up because i got i got tickets for them for christmas i called up to make the reservation like yeah i'm looking to get a reservation for uh, dinner with the ice queen they're like oh yeah the frozen two event (laughs) got it okay okay you just can't put it in print you just can't put it on your advertising (laughs) you see but this is elsa Anyway, but turning back yeah. to these movies, yeah. uh, Dick, why did did we pair them because they have beers named after them? Mm-hmm. Is that the main reason? No, actually, Kate, actually, um, we paired them because they're they're weirdly similar. They are in that a uh, smallish animal gets depressed, and then an even smaller animal helps it. Yeah, it's kind of an extraordinary, like an animal with. Kind of exceptional powers and yeah, a, some sort of exceptional animal. And a hype animal friend. Yeah. Um, I also remember both these movies, watching them in childhood and noting as a child that they are very sad. Yeah. There's a lot of sadness in them that is not typical for an animated children's movie. I was I was ready for tears in both of these movies. Mm-hmm. I was just prepared. Uh and yeah, and it's it's actually also been a while since we've talked about in an older film on this podcast. Mm. We've done a lot of recent and, um, you know, newer classics. But yeah. it's fun to kind of take a dive into the into the Wild West a yeah. little bit of animation. I mean, yeah, the Dumbo is, what, 1941? 1941. And Charlotte's Web is 73, mm-hmm. so not as old, but still kind of... But still older. A, and in a weird spot for Disney animation. Yeah. I always, to me, the marker is Little Mermaid. That like everything after Little Mermaid is a different, a different type of movie yeah. than the ones before it. But yeah, so Dick, tell tell us about what you and Dumbo have as a shared history. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've seen Dumbo before, like as a kid, but I don't, I don't know the last time I've seen it. I do know that. Uh, it made me very sad. And then, like, I think, did we watch, like, a Lindsay Ellis video on the new Dumbo? Or Jenny Nicholson. Or Jenny Nicholson. Yeah. I think it was Jenny. Uh, either way, they're both great. Um, we watched, a, like, a episode on Dumbo, the new Dumbo, and it made me sad about the old Dumbo all over again. Because, to be clear, when he says they're both great, you're referring to Jenny Nicholson and Lindsay Ellis, not both Dumbo movies, because it seems the second one is terrible. We have not seen it. No. But it doesn't look good. It doesn't look great. Uh, yeah, it looks like it has a weird Disneyland plot point. But it doesn't offer any uh, yeah. commentary on Disney as a 
multi-conglomerate. So what's anyway, your experience with Dumbo, Kit? So I was an elephant lover as a kid. You're still an elephant lover. I do. Yeah, we have... We have- Three elephant paintings? A surprising amount of elephant art, kind of by accident. Um, I collected them growing up. They were my favorite, favorite animal. And I have very, like, shadowy memories, but apparently Dumbo was my obsession movie all the way up to Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yes. So Beauty and the Beast comes out when I'm four and a half, but from the age where I can ask for a movie until four and a half, it is Dumbo. I I have been told stories where I would go over to my grandma and grandpa's house after church, put in Dumbo and like watch it for the next eight hours because it would finish. I would rewind the tape and just press play again or so you ask someone Dumbo to do it. eight times. Eight times. It's a sixty-four minute movie. It is not a long movie, which I hadn't realized yeah. uh, before this current watching. Um, so it is, which is probably, great for kids too. Yeah, it is an hour is, and you can do a lot in an hour. They mm-hmm. do. Um. So I would say that I've seen Dumbo dozens of times <laughs> in my life. I don't remember all the times that I've seen that. <laughs> Aside from today, what was your most recent watching of like, Dumbo? Like, honestly, probably like age six or seven. Yeah. Not at all recently. Yeah. Um, but I was delighted with how much of the visual um, like sequences had just there were imprinted a couple, on my mind. There were a couple moments where you were just like... <gasps> Oh, this is like bringing very, something back. Like when the when the giraffes walk into the train car yeah. and like they have the, the the like the ceiling is open for them, but it has two half shaped holes, and then when the ceiling comes together, it's just the holes for their neck. Yeah. Kind of like I guess like stock, like kind of yeah, like stocks. But um, yeah, like that was a very like oh, I didn't realize that this was deeply lodged in my brain, yeah. and and really all the scenes that way. But there were. A, couple visual moments that stood out especially mm-hmm. so it was fun to rewatch it and and relive that yeah. um but yeah but this was a movie that was very important to me for like two years mm. and then not at all yeah um yeah that's fair so there, there's dumbo all right do, do, do you want to get a cookie timer out give me two minutes on the timer so i can try and do a well, ultra quick plot summary here. If you'd like to do a plot summary of Charlotte's Web that we have written down, you can do it at this time. Oh, am I doing Charlotte's Web? Yeah, that's what you had told me. But you can do Dumbo if you would like. Oh, that's funny. We no, can switch you it out. Do Dumbo. Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> My yeah, memory look was at, wrong. Those, those no, are you, the names that I wrote down. You wrote it down. This you one got starts it. with a K. <laughs> well, Kate, uh, do you want to get a cookie timer out so that you can summarize Dumbo yeah, in two minutes? I, I would love to. Uh, cool. So, uh, Dumbo arrives to his mother, Jumbo, um, from a stork, and she's been waiting for him for a long time. She's a circus elephant. Uh, Dumbo arrives. He's very cute, but then, achoo, he has giant ears, and the other lady elephants make fun of him and make him feel bad, but Mama Dumbo is not having anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. She's a fierce Mama Jumbo. Anyway, they're in the circus, and um, these dumb kids come and start making fun of Dumbo's ears, and... Mama Jumbo goes Mama Bear on them, like causes a whole scene and starts throwing stuff and hurting people. And so they lock her up um, because she's a mad elephant now. And Dumbo is so sad. But then this Timothy Mouse, he's like, hey, you 
dumb lady elephants that are making fun of him, stop it. I'm going to mentor Dumber now. So he does, and he, um, you know, mouse whispers into the ringmaster's ear that, like, Dumbo should be the main part of this cl- clown show, and, and he is, and he does fine, but Dumbo's so really sad and really lonesome, and so he takes him on a visit to his mom, which makes him feel a little bit better, but he's got to get, like, some kind of special something to make him feel his best. So they get drunk. Uh, see a lot of pink elephants, and then in the morning, they find themselves in a tree. Who hasn't, you know, been there? Uh, I've been there. And they discover that, oh my goodness, we think Dumbo can fly, maybe? Uh, so then they meet these crows, which we don't have to talk about, and um, they they test out whether Dumbo can fly, and he's got this magic feather, and he can fly. And then the next time they're in the circus, instead of just jumping onto a trampoline, he flies. But uh-oh, the magic feather goes away, but it's okay. He can still fly. The magic feather is the least important part of this movie. Least important. Uh, and he flies, and he becomes a famous elephant and wins millions of dollars for the circus and gets his own train car on the circus train and gets reunited with his mother, who he gets out of Mad Elephant Caboose. And 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 that's... That's Dumbo. Whoa, did you get that in two minutes? Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Look at you. To be fair, it's a 64-minute movie. That's fair. So I had an advantage. I would like to offer a correction. Oh. Uh, Timothy Shalomouse does not whisper into the guy's ear uh, to make Dumbo the number one clown. He whispers in his ear to make him the star of the elephant show. The star of the elephant show. The climax of the elephant's Standing on top of each other. Yes. But then Dumbo screws it up. Dumbo does screw it up. And he gets demoted to clown. Uh, not Thank you only for... Not only in job, but species. Because the other elephants are like, he's a clown now? Well, let's say the solemn oath that Dumbo is no longer an elephant. Which they weren't giving him any type of positive yeah, but then interaction like, before they're, that. They're like, it's worse. Thank you for expanding upon that. You're welcome. I had forgotten. Uh, it kind of collapsed in on itself. It's important because Dumbo changes species, apparently. Kind, yeah, he kind is of. now a clown. I, there's a lot going on in this movie. So it started as a short story. Yeah, that was a roller book, meaning that you could just like roll from one page to another, mm-hmm. like with a machine kind of thing, and there was yeah. a screen. Anyway, Disney was going to do this as a short film, and then they just kind of stretched out the material to an hour. Yeah. Um, and when doing, we say when we say Disney, we don't mean Walt Disney. Kind of he he delegated. He delegated, Dumbo. but mainly he was not involved in. No, but it it does sound like he had some approval and like yeah. they were checking back with him. But oh yeah, um, but uh, I just want to I want to contrast that with something like Snow White, where he's like pitching the story he's the guy, and yeah. he's like the guy behind it. Dumbo he delegates and like. Yeah, he's still in charge. Yeah. He's still Walt. He still has approval, but mm-hmm. he's not the main creative force behind yeah. this. And that's in part because they were just trying to get it out super quick to, mm-hmm. to earn a profit. The, yeah. This is the fifth movie, the fifth animated feature out of Walt Disney Studios, and Snow White and Bambi do really well, but Pinocchio and Fantasia, not so much at not the box at office. All, yeah. And so as the war is approaching... As they're just trying to like get a turnaround so they can keep making movies, they're like, "Great, let's do this little movie. We're not gonna do a lot with like the sets. We're just gonna make them watercolor, still mm-hmm. backgrounds. We're gonna keep it really simple." And and they were right. It doubled its production value at the box office. Yeah, it it did gangbusters. Yeah, 
And it really started to bring Disney back mm-hmm. from the financial brink. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like, the, but that does seem like every fifth movie That's of true. the Walt yeah. Disney Company brings back Disney from the financial brink. Like, yeah, because I think, like, Steamboat Willie kind of saved the company, and then Snow White saved the company. <clears throat> And then Dumbo and then saved Dumbo, the company, and, and then, then something else, right? Like it. Cinderella, and then yeah, like but yeah, like the at least Little Mermaid. At least until the nineties, the mm-hmm. Walt Disney Company was always either on the verge of like financial ruin or on the verge of being bought out by like some tiny company that could somehow afford Disney. Yeah, um, super weird. But but yeah, one more tidbit that I found out before we maybe move on to the yeah. next movie was that. RKO, who they were in partnership with to do this movie, mm-hmm. um, they saw the 64-minute runtime and they're like, no way. We have to add at least 10 more minutes to this to like make it a legitimate movie. Uh-huh. And Walt Disney himself, he's like, no, we've stretched this as far as it can go. <laughs> this is done. <laughs> he's like, it would be very expensive to get 10 more minutes. And have, like, basically, have you seen this story? There's not like, much more not, we can do to it. We're not doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So that's Dumbo. So let's let's talk a little Charlotte's Web. Radiant pig. That's some pig. Some pig. Some I'm movie. having some beer. Kate, uh, there is one phrase that you used over and over again to describe your experience with Charlotte's Web. Do you remember what that is? Indoor recess movie? That's correct. Uh-huh. Indoor recess. Kate, what's your experience with Charlotte's Web? Uh, it's an indoor recess movie. I... I am not positive that I have seen this movie all at one time before now, um, watching it for this podcast, mm-hmm. because similar to Fern Gully and uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. this was a, on heavy rotation at indoor recess at Rockland Elementary School <laughs> in Libertyville, <laughs> Illinois. Um, so I saw a lot of 20-minute segments of this movie, yeah. and um, so I remember the songs, Mm-hmm. Like especially watching it this time, it was like, oh, this song is is again lodged deeply in my brain, yeah, and I couldn't and have like, sung it for oh, you yesterday. But yeah. now that I'm hearing it, it's like, whoa, yeah. Um, and I remember, yeah, like it wasn't a movie where I saw 20 minute segments and then thought, oh, I need to watch this at home. It was like, well, this is fine. I'm gonna go eat my lunch now. Like I'm not mm-hmm. disappointed that this is ending. Yeah. Um, so that was the experience. But I do, there wasn't a scene that I don't remember. So it it might be that I saw it all together at some point in time. But yeah, I remembered all of it. Can I tell you a completely unrelated story that just popped into my mind? Sure. Um, do you remember when the little girl got stuck down a well? That like, might have been before like your Like baby time. Jessica? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I was in third or fourth grade. And for some reason, we were watching... Things about baby Jessica in school. In elementary school? That's correct. Oh, that's awful. I know. And I told the teacher, like, hi, I'm this is this is really making me uncomfortable. I'm like scared of this. Yeah. Can I leave? And so I got to go play uh like uh, number munchers and Odell Lake uh on our uh Apple twos. Was this during indoor recess or just like during classroom hours? This, these teach, we did some (laughs) weird stuff during classroom hours. I don't know why, like, what was the advantage of us watching the baby Jessica story? It wasn't even the baby Jessica indoor recess news break. No. No. (laughs) 
And I don't know if this was a thing that was happening or if we were like, I, I don't know, but there you go. That's weird. Yep. School is weird. You're welcome. School was especially weird in the 90s. But I'll tell you what my experience with Charlotte's Web is. Okay, go for that's it. that's what we're actually talking about. Um, I think, honestly, similar. In my mind, I'm remembering it as like a Sunday school thing. Oh. I don't know why, but I, I like feel like I remember watching this in a church. Charlotte is a little bit messianic. Like yeah. she's a little bit Jesus like in her. I mean it arc. it could also just be like we were at in like the Sunday school room like being babysat right. when my parents were in service. There are so many VHSs you can play. Yeah. So <laughs> I for some reason I remember watching this in a church. I don't know why. Um but yeah, and I've almost certainly seen it as like indoor recess on rainy days and stuff. Did you read the book? I think so. That's my experience too. <laughs> I'm very familiar with the cover of the book. Like I know what the book looks like, but I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know if I read this book. I remember um, until like high school, I had a fact in my head that was incorrect, <laughs> which was that this was written by Webb Dubois. Oh, I get, I would get them confused too. <laughs> Like, even up until a couple of years ago, like, yeah, W.E. Dubois and E.B. White. Because you, so you got the W, you got, you got the E, you got the yep. B. I understand. Yeah. They're very different. And, like, at some point in high school, I told someone, and they're like, what? That's yeah. not true. What are you talking about? I do like oh. E.B. White's writings. Uh, um, particularly, he has a series of essays about New York. Ooh. And there's a lot in it that like super resonant to my experiences oh that's really cool he's the one who has that quote like there are three type of new yorkers the native the transplant and the commuter mm. i don't well it's it's like one of my favorite quotes nice we'll anyway. talk about this off the air yeah we will um <clears throat> anyway uh dick yeah would you like to either recap dumbo right now or charlotte's web uh, your charlotte's dealer's web. choice all right, all right, I got this. You got cookie timer for two I've minutes? I've got the cookie timer set for two minutes. All right, ready? Which movie? Uh, Pinocchio. Okay, great. Okay. Go. Okay, so there's this pig named Wilbur. It is born, and he is like a little runt. He's a little tiny baby pig, and there's a girl named Fern, and her dad's going to kill the baby pig, and she's like, no, don't kill the baby pig, and he doesn't, and he makes her keep it as a pet, and she loves it, and then he's like, well, now that you love this thing, I'm going to sell it to my brother, and then he's going to murder it for food, um, and she's like, no, but it happens, so Wilbur, the pig, uh, is super depressed at this new barn that he lives in, and he meets a bunch of jerks. And then he meets a spider who's like, hey, Wilbur, uh, what's up? And he's like, I don't want to die. And she's like, well, I'm going to save your life. And he's like, thanks, Charlotte. I don't want to die. So she writes uh, like a message in her web uh, about how great this pig is. And then people are interested and attracted to this attraction and then the farmer's like boy this pig's gonna taste delicious and she's like wilbur's like i don't want to die so charlotte writes another message and this goes on a couple of times eventually uh wilbur gets taken to the state fair i think the state fair county fair or something and he uh competes to win an award as best pig of the fair 
Which I feel like the best pig of the fair still gets eaten, but I don't know. Seems like the point. Anyway, Charlotte writes another message and also lays an egg sack full of baby Charlottes. Wilbur doesn't win the normal award, but he wins like an honorary award. Lifetime achievement. And it gets him a parade. (laughs) And then he goes back to the farm and nobody eats him. And Charlotte's babies hatch and three of them, three of like the million babies are runts and can't fly and they stay with Wilbur. The end. I have a question for you, Dick. Yeah. What happens to Charlotte? Oh, Charlotte dies. Oh, oh no. I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die, Charlotte. We cannot overstate how many times Wilbur has a oh. just screaming existential <laughs> crisis just, and, th- where he just literally says, I don't want to die. But it's, and it's, it's like, at the drop of a hat. At the, the, yes. Like, he's a be, very unstable pig. That should have been one of her words. Yeah, unstable. Be, <laughs> they'll be having fun. They'll be like singing a song. He'll be like, oh, look at this goose. I'm playing with this goose. And then Charlotte will say like, hi, Wilbur. And he'll be like, Charlotte, I don't want to die. And it's like, I get it. Like, I no one wants die. to die. But it's, yeah. it just tonally, it doesn't fit into any scene it's he so does it in. Weird. It's like fun, 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 fun. And then he's like doing like anime tears and like rolling around in the dirt screaming. Yeah, like, to the point that like, you're kind of like, well, if Wilbur died, this movie might get better. <laughs> Charlotte would have a lot less nonsense to deal with. Like, I'm not sure I'm on Wilbur's side. No. He looks delicious. This movie doesn't do a great job. It, like, it... It really, really trusts that you don't that you are invested in this pig. Yeah, and I think as a kid, mm-hmm. I'm like animated pig. Yeah, I'm on its side. But he's very obnoxious. <laughs> but as an adult, I don't like and there's that like, pig. I don't know. Like, I feel like t- so great. Let's get into the the animals in each of these movies. Like, I feel like Timothy has a reason to help. Timothy the mouse. Timothy from Dumbo. the mouse from Dumbo has yeah. a reason to help Dumbo. He sees him being ostracized. He sees the the catty elephants. One yeah. whose actual name in the script is, is catty, catty elephant. Um, like ridicule him. He sees them blocking his way for food. And Timothy's like, "Screw this! I'm gonna do something about it." I'm gonna this help is, this elephant out. He's like this little scrappy. You know, he he'd, he'd get along with well, um, Fievel's friend, uh, in. The, like the scrappy oh, one. Oh, the, the like scrappy one, The super one, yeah. Brooklyn-y one, yeah. right? Like, Timothy would get along with that yeah. guy. Or like, like Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Like, he's a scrappy version of Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Like, he's Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket, Cricket. that'll kick someone's he's ass. He's got a top hat. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> he's a little bit more sophisticated. All right. Um, but And so, Timothy, you see, you see him kind of observe the situation and make a decision to get involved. Yeah. Charlotte, maybe there's more in the book, but like... Charlotte just all of a sudden is on Wilbur's side, and Wilbur doesn't really give her a reason to. Charlotte seems very much at peace with the cycle of life and death and yeah. living on a farm. Like, I feel like her first statement to him is like, I don't know, like, pigs get slaughtered. She doesn't exactly say that. Yeah, but- so so when we first meet her, like, she she is, like, ultra zen. Very. And just, like, like you said, very comfortable with the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. And so, like... She meets him, and the first time they talk, I think she literally does say, yeah, pigs get slaughtered. Yeah. And he's just like, no. And she's like, well, everything dies, Wilbur. Yeah. And she's just like, what? what? I don't understand what you're so upset about. It's and, really interesting. And then there's somehow a jump from that 
to her writing words in her web to get attention on this pig so that it doesn't die. Because and then all of a sudden he is a true friend to her. And it's like, why? She's decided that he's her friend and that is why she helps him. Right. Like, well, we're friends. But you don't really see into that decision-making process. Wilbur doesn't seem like a very good friend to her. No. He seems like a great friend to, like, that little goose. Yeah, the little gosling. He seems like a good friend to, like, other... But to Charlotte, like, he's he's just a burden. Yeah. He's just always begging for her to write shit so that he doesn't get eaten. Well, and so what, like, a a sub-thread of this movie becomes is that Charlotte is doing all of this physical and emotional labor for Wilbur... Who's not really pulling his own weight. He like yeah. learns how to do a flip in the air. Kind That's of. That's kind of his exceptional quote unquote ability. Yeah, like so Dumbo like, freaking flies. Yeah. Dumbo actually flies. Like as far as it goes, Wilbur is not an exceptional, terrific, some pig. Radiant. No. He's not a fine swine wish he was mine. <laughs> he's just he's just a pig. And Which, there is by an, the way, is a song lyric. It is not Fine, only a swine, wishy remind. It is not Zuckerman's only a pig. song lyric, but far before the song, Way earlier, <laughs> far before that song, there are people gathered around Wilbur, and one guy yells, "Fine, swine, wish he was mine." Just as a non sequitur, <laughs> just like people are like, "Terrific! Oh, look at that pig! Fine, swine, wish he was mine." <laughs> Comes out of nowhere. It's great. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's nothing. No. The, there is an amazing spider that can spell words in yes. her web. And that's the thing is that when all of these like townspeople start to take notice, they're all like, oh, look at this spider web. It says some pig. This must be some exceptional pig. Like, bitch, he didn't like web that. He didn't do like, that. You should be talking about the spider that just and, wrote words well, and, in English. And like the farmer's wife or, or maybe Fern, the little girl, someone goes, oh, that must be an amazing spider. And the farmer's like, nope, look at it. It's just a brown spider. And I feel like there's a little <laughs> bit of commentary there, like a little bit of conscious commentary of like, look at all the work that this woman has done yeah. to uplift this male. It's like, no. Pretty sure that was just the male who I mean, did it. The, like this, what's the saying? Like behind every great man is a great yeah, woman, yeah. or something. But also, like, Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Right. Like Wilbur is the ultimate mediocre white meat yeah. man. Like, white meat man. Yeah, that's cute. He Look is nothing. He's just kind of a pig. Yeah. Charlotte is a magnificent Zen spider. Who can write things in English in her web. And I love the crypticness of her character. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this movie... So this is a Hanna-Barbera movie. Yeah. Weirdly. Weirdly. Um, So a lot of it is very broad and very much what you'd expect from Hanna-Barbera, even though it's an adaptation of this like more like farmy, folksy kids chapter book. Yeah. Yeah. but Charlotte is just so interesting. Like, she'll just say, like, partial sentences and then go away. Mm-hmm. Or kind of this thing of, like, well, everything lives and dies. She's done. She's, out. Like, she's out and everyone has to deal with yeah. what they just heard. I don't know what the word is. She's not, like, matronly. She's, like, grand matronly. Mm-hmm. She, were, she like, kind of has a similar energy to what my grandma had. Like, in my memory as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, grandma's just kind of like... Like, 
oh, don't eat that fly in front of me. She's like, what? I need to suck its blood so I can live. Yeah. I mean, my grandma didn't do that. But Charlotte is the most interesting character in this movie. She's just very, I feel like it's, Charlotte is almost a commentary on like, um, kind of like the new civilized city living versus like old country living. Mm. Like, oh, I'm a, I was like, I'm, I, look, I'm going to eat meat, but I don't want to know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's like, yeah, it, it comes from animals. What, yeah. Where do you think it comes from? I've got 30 to 50 feral hogs in my backyard yeah. that I need to shoot. Yeah. What are you going to do? If you don't want to kill them, then don't eat them. Like, but that's where it comes yeah. from. You don't like, she's like, don't, don't be blind to that. And I don't know. I she's, think she's really interesting. It is an interesting, no pun intended, mm-hmm. thread Ooh. through this movie. And I think it's, it's obviously, I'm sure more prominent in the book that this is a story about death. Yeah. Um, and like Beetlejuice. Y- mm-hmm. Welcome yep. to a show about death yes. and pigs. Charlotte's Web. Um, and and the Charlotte character knows that, <laughs> and the writers of the Charlotte <laughs> character know that. Charlotte I'm not knows sure this is a movie about death. About the other animators or storytellers, yeah. but it is a thread through this, and I think I think that's interesting. Yeah. I I don't think it always works. I think this is an uneven movie. Absolutely. And Charlotte's character has done well. No. Um, but both of these movies, like I said before, I remember them both being very sad. Like. Yeah. Charlotte does die in this movie. Yeah. You like she foreshadows it a bunch and you know what happens. Like it is spoken of. It is not just and then Charlotte disappeared one day, like Klaus yeah. in Klaus, right? Like, like, no, like she just dies. She dies. Um and Dumbo does this too, where it's like, yeah, mama's locked up in a mad elephant yeah. train car. Like yeah. they are not sugarcoating, like, oh, mom has a you know, has a fit and destroys part of the circus and then you never see her again. Yeah. No, you do. She's in jail. You see the consequences. And like, that's, that's a weird thing. So Dumbo, look, we're, we're going to get around to, uh, the part of Dumbo that we're going to need to talk about. Parts. Parts of Dumbo that we're going to need to talk about, uh, that earn the warning that there are things that are no longer, Socially appropriate. Culturally relevant. Culturally, yeah. yeah. We're going to get around to that. We sure are. Um, but the thing that's interesting to me about Dumbo is as we're watching it, I'm like, are they, are they trying to, like, it seems like there's like weird progressive messages mm-hmm. that I don't know if are intentional or just coincidental. Yeah. Like, like Baby Mine is a mom in jail connecting with her child who is visiting and she's wrongfully imprisoned Mm -hmm. she shouldn't be there the system fucked her Mm -hmm. and like she's just like getting this chance this tiny chance to connect with her child and i'm like and are you are you giving us a message about like about like criminal justice or is this a complete accident and the sequence the baby mind sequence Mm -hmm. not only focuses on dumbo and his mom but all the other uh, mom and baby or parent and baby groupings of circus yeah. animals the tigers and the bears and the kangaroos it all shows them like snuggling together at nighttime and yeah. dumbo and his mom are separated by these bars and it's it it both you know bolsters what you're talking about of yeah. like this contrast it also means that for 50 percent of this very emotional song you're not looking at the emotional est part of it 
Yeah, it's a weird. It's it's like, are you intending to show us the contrast between these animals and <coughs> Dumbo and his mom? Is Dumbo a boy? Uh, we don't know. Dumbo Jr. Yeah, I think they say him. Him, okay. The, at least the the other elephants. Because he's say named him. he's named after his mom. Like Dumbo's real name is Jumbo Jr. Yeah, Jumbo Jr. And but the mom's her name, name is, is Jumbo. Mrs. Jumbo. Well, I think that's I think that's the stork being polite. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what was I saying? So, is this oh name Jumbo 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 Jr.? No, it's just Jumbo Jr. If she's Mrs. Jumbo, then his name would be. Would well, be Jumbo Jumbo Jr. Jumbo. Ju- well, that's not uh, how Junior works. Junior Jumbo, comes after. Jumbo Junior Jumbo. Jumbo Jumbo. Let me, Kate, let, me, let me ask you a question. Drop. What was my mother's middle initial? A. Uh, thanks. Then my name will be Arathabo. Arania. Arania. Um, Good Christ. We will, we will get to that. I feel like there should be a section on just what? Yeah. That we'll, we'll do a what we'll section. We'll have a little what section. Um, yeah, so there's that in Dumbo. There's also this... I feel like there's a lot of like halfway doing things, right? Yeah. And and I think it is interesting. So like another episode of this is these um these caddy elephants, right? Mm-hmm. That are like so technically I don't think they say each other's names. They call each other like Deary and right. Sweetie and whatever, but it's this gaggle of elephant females. And they led, on paper led have by, names. Um a specific matriarchal, matriarchal yeah. elephant. So there's like caddy elephant and they they have names at least in the Wikipedia sum- summary yeah. but so on paper this movie seems to pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, there's lady you've elephants, got lady talking elephants about with names besides a man. talking about something besides man. But at the same time, you know, Jumbo is the only one played sympathetically. It's kind of like, oh, when you get a group of women together, they're just going to gossip and and be ridiculous. And, and, and it's like, oh, this is still misogynistic. That's the weird thing, right? Because there are no male elephants. No. It's just women elephants. And really in terms of the male coded characters, you have the ringmaster, mm-hmm. you have Timothy, and then like the group of clowns who are, who have less personality than the elephants. Like mm-hmm. there seem to be at least some archetype characters in the elephants. I think you're forgetting about four other male characters that we'll get into. About five. Five. Yeah. So, um, but the, um, it's interesting because looking at that a different way, Mm -hmm. it's about a group of like privileged people. Mm -hmm. Like Dumbo's mom is clearly like from the beginning, she is in the out group. Yeah. She is not the popular elephant. She's not part of that elite group of elephant ladies. She's wearing like shabbier elephant clothes. Yeah. So it's like an elite group of people shunning like someone of a, a lesser class. Yeah. Le- and like it's it's again, it's like this thing that I'm like, Dumbo, I don't know if you're going for this, but you're kind of getting there. But also these are really misogynistic versions of Elephant lady. However, beyond that, and this is where I forgot I was going before, but now I'll come oh, back yeah, to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These elephants are still in a circus. They're yeah. still an oppressed class. Mm-hmm. And they, I feel like the gossipy and the cattiness is uh, 
defense mechanism to that, right? We still see them forced into the scene where the matriarch balances on a ball Mm -hmm. and then all the other elephants climb on top of her and like it's very dangerous and very uncomfortable and they clearly haven't rehearsed it before they do it before an audience. Yeah. And and so like really, I don't know, that moment caught me and maybe because it's 2019 and you know, we now don't have elephants in a circus. As of two years ago. As of two years ago. How did it take that long? Wait, um, it's 2020. It's 2020. It's not oh, 2019. It's, it's going to be, it's still the first month. I have an That's excuse fair. for a few more days. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it's this like, oh, you went halfway there. Like, this is a thing that happens, right? No. People, you know, groups that are oppressed but still want to feign Mm-hmm. This like layer of privilege will exclude others so that they don't have to feel that they are being really excluded yeah. from like full free lives. Would you would you describe that as uh, poor economic conditions really helping to accelerate racism and sexism? I would ca- I would call this an example of that. Interesting. I, I do think uh, racism and sexism exist beyond economic uh, anxiety uh but yeah yeah so it's it's interesting in that respect and like the clowns you see that too like they have a moment of like meeting and they're trying to like brainstorm new ideas so that they can go ask the boss for the raise Mm -hmm. but they're still being like they're they're clowns they are literally being laughed at and patronized in their position i loved that yeah i loved that it reminds i mean there's a there's the meme that it's the guy putting on clown makeup in four different stages. And it's like, maybe if I work hard and put in overtime and no, never take vacation, uh-huh. my company will notice and appreciate. And by the end of the fourth panel, yeah. we got full clown makeup. Yeah. I was like, oh, that meme is kind of a it's scene basically in Dumbo. Dumbo. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, we've got it. We'll make a thousand foot tall skyscraper for a baby elephant to jump off of. We need a raise. That'll get us. Noticed. We're so yeah. smart. That I mean, that also just feels like Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, we've thought of the stupidest thing. Can we get some more VC funding? Yeah. Thank you. Um, but that it, it's it's interesting because I wonder. Um, toward the end of the making of Dumbo is when the Disney animator strike happens. Mm-hmm. That they strike for five weeks, and Disney famously, Walt well, Disney famously anti-union and very very problematic on that account very much so (laughs) um it doesn't seem to have um significantly messed with the creation of dumbo like that was in may dumbo comes out in september so Mm -hmm. like it's pretty much done by this point but you have to wonder whether some of those sentiments were in the story writing right all of these like all of the workers are treated terribly Mm -hmm. like from the elephants to the clowns yeah everyone's treated kind of shabbily yeah this is a much better uh much better look into circus life than um like the greatest showman like this is a much more <laughs> critical lens that they're again. placing on this or they, whereas the greatest showman like yeah. look at how much Hugh Jackman is helping all of these outcast and oppressed people circuses are great circuses are freeing Yay. oh no <laughs> yeah it's so i i will say like again we'll get to the parts of dumbo that were a real problem. Um, but Dumbo was kind of better than I thought it was going to be it, in in certain ways, at, at least in like symbolic uh, 
half messages. I was it's, like, oh, I'm getting more out of this than I thought I was. It's got some things to st- to say, right? Yeah. And it is very, both these movies are very, like, episodic in terms of, like, there's this scene and it's over. Thing happens, fade Next out, scene. new scene. Yeah. yeah. There there are literal fade outs, mm-hmm. I think, in both movies. Um, uh, This movie, we watched uh, behind the scenes of it, and apparently the script writers sold it to Disney, like, not sold it for money, but, like... Sold but they, Disney on it yeah. by writing it in chapters, by saying, like, this chapter is this. Cliffhanger. We'll get the next version, you know, we'll get the next chapter to you in a couple days. Yeah. They did as that opposed to, to keep a, him interested, a full but. storyboarding, which mm-hmm. is what Disney was doing and continues to do at this time. Um, and And you get that in Dumbo. I think there's more, well, both of these movies mm-hmm. do have arcs from beginning to end. That's true. Our character, our protagonist... Ends up in a different place than they started, and they kind of overcome a, an obstacle that was in their way through through their uh, either learning to fly or sitting there while a spider does all the work for them. <laughs> but they do feel very chapter oriented, yeah. like this chapter, this chapter, and Charlotte's which, Web makes sense because it's based on a chapter book. Yeah, which isn't Although necessarily written Although there are maybe some in, better ways to adapt it than that. But. Yeah, but the book isn't necessarily written in like that three-act structure right. that like a movie typically is. It's episodes on the farm, and this yeah. was what happens here. And I guess Dumbo isn't really written in a three-act structure either. It's written in a two-act. <laughs> two-act, and then the third act is seven minutes long, Yeah, <laughs> and then we're done. Um, but, but I think it's interesting because both movies do have a through line in a way that like, I mean, Bambi has a literal passage of time. Yeah. I'm just thinking like the closest cognate in this era because Bambi is very episodic. Like here's Bambi learning what a skunk is. Here's Bambi (laughs) learning what a girl is. Right. Like you can call me a flower if if it wants to. Um, yeah, Bambi. Bambi is like a little slice of life, yeah. not necessarily a plot from beginning to end. Yeah, it's just kind yeah. of the life cycle of a deer. And Fantasia was right before that or right after that, right? It's after, yeah. And that's even less of a... And it's not line. attempting to be anything different. It's right. like, here's a new piece of music. But that's... Start it's over. really interesting to think about, though, is two movies without like a through plot yeah. did very poorly in the theaters. Bambi did great. Bambi did oh, okay. Bambi did it was great. Pinocchio that. Sorry. Yeah. Never no, but mind. that's that's yeah. This trend of thought, uh, this Casey Jr. of thought has been derailed. But you would think that Fantasia <laughs> might I guess Pinocchio's narrative, so it's yeah. it's fifty fifty when you come back and try to redeem it. But yeah, I think the one thing like I, I really enjoyed Dumbo. Um I think the one thing that does hold it back is that it does feel a little bit like what we were saying is like these half messages, yeah. but then we never return back to them because that chapter is over and we're moving on to a different thing. And and those half messages are contrasted with. <laughs> Gazoon tight. Thanks. Those half messages are contrasted with racist characters. Yeah. So let's move on to the What? Yeah. Uh, and the biggest what <laughs> uh-huh. in the room. <laughs> what? Oh, okay, so which is, which, is, which is yours in Dumbo? 
Which which one surprised you the most, or which so one shocked you the most? I knew about the crows, right? Yeah. We all know about the crows. There was talk that on Disney Plus, this um, Dumbo was going to delete the scene with the crows. I had forgotten how integral they are into seeing Dumbo fly for the first time. Yeah, you can't. Which again is them. five minutes from the end of the movie. Yeah, it's did so you close remember to the that? End. Because I thought it was a thing the whole time. Yeah. Like, that's his whole ride at Disney World is Dumbo the Flying Elephant. Yeah. And you don't get it till minute 59 yeah. out of 64. He's at, he only flies at the very end. Very end. Anyway, yeah. so the the crows are, I, I get, anyway, so, so it was Tim, talked about that Timothy they were going to. the Mouse and Dumbo go on a bender. They end up in a tree. Mm-hmm. Timothy's like, oh my God, how do we end up in a tree? Did you climb? Did you? Maybe you flew. Oh, wait, you got big ears. You can fly. Yeah. And then these crows sing a a really clever song. Well, the crows are going back and forth with Timothy this whole time. They're already like kind of like. So if you are not familiar, there are plenty of resources available. We'll link you to some. One good one. So in general, um, if you have not heard, um, there's a series called. There's a podcast called You Must Remember This, mm-hmm. and she has done a six-episode series on Song of the South, mm. um, which is not on Disney+. Plus. That that promise they fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> this will not be on Disney+, Plus, and I, it's not anywhere. I'm a little disappointed because I'm really interested in it. There are YouTubes. You can go on I know, YouTube. Like, I know. It's, it's but, places. But also, it is still in their parks, so... Yeah, so it, she goes from the whole thing of, like, the genesis and, like, the, I think it's in the first episode that she talks about other racist controversies in Disney up until this 1946 release of Song mm-hmm. of the South. And one of the things she goes into is the crows. Yeah. So, like, if you want to listen to that episode, she does another episode on um, that kind of delves into minstrelry. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is is also related to this. That So the the crows are very... They are depicted as stereotypical black characters. Mm-hmm. They are black in color, but that's what a crow is. But their voices, their vernacular, the the jazz composition of their mm-hmm. song, all like they're definitely black characters. Yeah. Four of the five are voiced by black actors. Mm-hmm. The main which, one of which, the five. Yeah. The main one is not a, a, a black actor? Uh, no, it's a white actor. Oh, well, what's his name? It can't be horribly offensive. It can't be horribly. Um, so the original name in the in the script is Jim Crow. Oh. Um, I think before release, someone figured out, oh, we can't do this. Uh, so they changed it to Dandy Crow, which if you have some, um, some experience in the history of Black men story. Dandy is not really any better. Not much better. It's another like negative stereotype of it's like a stock character from Black Men Story. Yeah. Which some sometimes was white entertainers in blackface, mm-hmm. sometimes was black entertainers, but essentially putting on a blackface character. Yeah. Not the makeup, but So the, our our lead crow does like we assume that he does not have blackface on in the studio. Right, he's you, not. You don't know. He's not like, on uh, screen boy. in blackface, but he's absolutely doing a black voice, playing mm-hmm. a, a a broad stereotype. It's it's rough. It's rough, and there's been back and forth on this scene of yeah. like, is it is it as bad as it seems? 
they are they are trying to like the the conversational style is um they researched like Cab Calloway and Louis Armstrong albums where they'd mm-hmm. be talking with their band back and forth and they kind of lifted those vernacular styles from there. Yeah. This is a conversation with Porgy and Bess too where mm. the dialect is like comes under scrutiny. Yeah. Especially and I think the the big thing for me in this scene reading the research on on I don't want to say both sides because yeah. I think there's a more important voice to listen to. Yeah. But um, it, the 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 biggest problem is that it's white creators, and the main it's one is a white white voice. creators and a white actor. Right creators, white actor, and it's right white songwriters, yeah. right white script writers, white animators. Yeah. that are trying to copy this style, but they're copying the stereotypical elements of it in a way that feels less than authentic. Yeah, they used um. Like in terms of the the crows have some really stylistically, if you're just taking everything out of it, really yeah, impressive animation so in the dance. We're gonna we're gonna pretend that the the problematic part isn't there for like a quick second. Lift it up for a second. The dance is great. The dance is great. And they they had like two like ta- is it two the, the black, Jackson brothers. Um, I I believe that. I, I think I the Jacksons. Um, they had two black like dancers like tap jazz dancers like vaudeville like, dancers and they come in and they they used like inspiration from them for the crows yeah they animated their specific dance moves it's awesome seeing it like mm-hmm. like back to back um the crows have really you each of them has a unique character design so you can tell like you could tell them apart they're well designed in in that they have a a, a unique design um and the song's lyrics i feel like are very clever the yeah the the like cause, so the song is like i've i've seen i'm I've looking seen, up the lyrics right now like, so i I've can i've seen see, a yeah. house fly um i've seen a i've seen a horse fly, horse fly but i've never, but I've never seen, seen an, an elephant, elephant fly. fly right um, i've seen a rubber band i've seen da 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 i've seen that yeah that. it's it's a lot of puns it's and it is a clever song. song yeah and i don't even mind it being jazzy right yeah. like there's a history of the and you and you could talk about whether it's appropriate for alan menken or randy newman to be g- using these styles of right. like a specifically black music yeah um but this i don't mind as much but like right the hook is but i be done seen about everything when i seen an elephant fly yeah and that yeah, the specificity of those the specificity of that vernacular is you know, in 1941, they think that's being respectful, but it really was never okay. Like, that's the or thing do, is that... Or do they think it's being respectful? Right. Well, they're not. A- like, they're certainly not asking anyone if it's right. respectful. They're not getting voices on it. Well, Kay, I don't want to get too bogged down in the racism. So let's talk about the other song. So this was the one that surprised me more because <laughs> I just plain forgot about it. It's called The Song of the Roustabouts, uh-huh. and it's the sequence where they are the the circus workers, human workers, and the animals are setting up the physical circus in this, like, Florida town or maybe Georgia by that point. The train goes all over the place. But mm-hmm. um, they're setting up the tents. For some reason, they're doing it in a torrential rainstorm. You'd think they could wait until the morning. And, like, you know, when the it's rain, shitty, rain it's dies shitty down. working conditions for everyone. Anyway. It's a beautiful rainstorm. It's a, it looks Disney, so good. Disney figured out how to do storms really early on. Like, yeah. the Bambi storm looks great. This storm looks great. 
And some of it looks better than like storm sequences in contemporary movies. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, I'm going to look up. Do you have the oh, lyrics of this song? And here's the thing. It, so the workers here yeah. are similar to the workers in the first scene, like the Casey Jr. scene, in that they don't, they are literal blank faces. And they're yeah. always small enough in the frame that it doesn't look creepy but they're not they're not detailed it's just very clear to the audience that's like we don't need you to pay attention to this the ringmaster has a face Mm -hmm. the clowns have faces the animals have faces yeah but these are just peons these are the workers don't have faces they are caucasian and or like all different races in the first scene but in this specific scene it's just black workers they're just black workers and they sing a song um which like if it's like a mix of workers, it's maybe not as bad. Yeah. I, like it's kind of like a I'm a working I mean, at, guy. At best at that point, it's extremely classist. Yeah. But it ends up just being classist and racist. Yeah. So there's like there. So they talk about how they they work very hard. I mean, from the beginning, we work all day. We work all night. We've never learned to read or write. We're happy hearted roustabouts. So already you kind of have the. The happy slave. Yeah. Um, um, we, trope. D- we don't know when we get our pay, and when we do, we throw our pay away. We get our pay when children say, with happy hearts, it's circus day. Um, throw our pay away. I mean, isn't it? it it's just, it's disgusting that that's still happy, right? Like, this is the headphones and sneakers debate now, right? Yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah. And like, there's a lot. I don't know if it's in the version you saw, and I don't know if it's still in this version. But there is a version of like where we are big apes. Like uh, certainly in the original version, the word so, apes is used. So they don't say we are apes. It's um, keep on working, stop that shirking, grab that rope, you hairy ape. Yeah. Which so it could again, refer to a gorilla, if, like a literal gorilla. Well, and also. Because we've seen a gorilla, and the elephants are certainly helping. Well, but it can also refer to a person in a non-racist way. Yeah. But. But when all the characters are black, it just it just it's like bad. Maybe not intended. Maybe it's just like these are workers, but we don't. I don't know. I don't this know the intention. The, and it just feels wrong. The crow scene, I think, needs to be replaced. It's yeah. it is too integral to the story to take out. Just like. Um, I do think in Peter Pan you could take out what makes the red man red. Oh. The song, oh I think you can take out the song, yeah. and it would still be bad, that's but it would be so bad. And like, that's so and that's bad. the thing is that the crow song is maybe the least problematic. Yeah, like part like of the crows the being there. Performance is problematic. The song, like, but like, especially if it's a jazz style song, that vernacular is a little bit more. Oh, this is musically. A thing as opposed this to just musically appropriate. This is how black people talk. Like it's it's yeah. And I and, I think you can I think you can wrongly yeah. defend the crow scene better than this roustabout scene where it's just like a uh, no. <laughs> like, and and I do I I do want to say like full disclosure. You probably know. Uh, by looking at our podcast art, yeah, we are two. We are two white people. Two white people. Uh, Don't listen to us on, a, on this at all. The- so yeah, uh, we're we're responding the way it struck us, but there are better people to have this conversation of what is and what is not acceptable. As, yeah, uh, of like how 
offensive this roustabout scene is and what the deal is with the crows like there are better people to listen to and we'll mm-hmm. try and we'll try and link out some yes some resources yeah i've, I've done that. some research but we're just we're given our like i mm-hmm. mean it's our show so yeah given our opinions um Boop. <laughs> I, I thought i had one more thing to say but now i don't i mean certainly we watched a making of dumbo special it was a special feature on disney plus and can you look up the wording of the disney plus content warning um so we watched this special that i think was done for like a mid-2000 special edition of dumbo Mm -hmm. and it's um you know it's current animators talking about the legacy of animation and it, it it does seem like in terms of if you are an animator dumbo is really like a big like looming model that everyone yeah. uses no matter what company you work for. But yeah. like in terms of how they do backgrounds and foregrounds. And I will say like when they're talking about Dumbo being an emotional movie, we kind of from a 2019 perspective where we're like multiple Pixar films have made us sob. We're like, oh, is this baby mine is all you can do? That's <laughs> like, all you got? Like Come I on. teared up a little bit, but not like no. inside out. Um, I will say in terms of like, how the character's faces emote is, and we haven't seen P- Pinocchio recently, but right. like very different from Bambi and Snow White, where oh, no yeah. one really has the dwarfs have facial expressions, but, but they they're, each kind of have one. They're mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a scene where like Dumbo is, I think he's like he's a clown in the circus. No, no, he's he's like in this the a parade, mm. and he's following his mom. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of lets go of her tail, and then he looks. To the crowd, and he gets like a little smile on his face, uh-huh. like "Ooh, this is neat." And like, I love that little bit of animation well, and so then much. In the next frame, he like spills himself into a mud puddle, yeah. and then people start laughing at him, and then yeah. he gets sad. So like, he's able to emote multiple it's a whole journey emotions in the same and just, sequence, just through animation. Mm-hmm. Um, so animation-wise, this seems to be a big player. Um, also, like, I mean, I've seen the whole gambit of disney propaganda like (laughs) the the sympathetic to the okay like bob Iger does not attend pixar storyboarding meetings the way that you're suggesting here um so this is more more propaganda than not i would say especially because they do talk about the crow scene and they kind of end up like well there's controversy but here's all the reasons there shouldn't be and everyone else is wrong and it's all white creators talking about it and like, but look at how emotive we made them. And, you know, they're they're sympathizing with Dumbo's oppression because they're oppressed too. I'm like, yeah. well, you have to make a leap to know that the crows, like you have to understand that the crows are black for them to be oppressed yeah. because they never talk about being oppressed. Ever. So you have to rely on these caricatured stereotypes to know yeah. that they're a marginalized and population. I, I, That's problem right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I will say, like, um, Eric Goldberg, mm-hmm. right, the uh, the animator who's, like, I guess they're, like, poster boy for animators right now because he's on one day. Uh, he's a long timer. I think he's one of the, I think he's one of the only Renaissance ones who is not uh, factioned off to another yeah. studio or they, just retired. They use yeah. him for interviews and everything. He's, and, yeah, he's animated behind the genie. He's a director of Pocahontas. He's mm-hmm. done a bajillion other things. And he is so passionate about animation specifically that like like he he does do kind of a a shitty defense of the crow scene yeah 
but the rest of the time he's like he's like yeah there's a there's a story i don't know look at how well this is animated and, and like, i think it's a it's a it's really hard not to get caught up with his passion for like Look at how good this looks. Right, but at the same time, if someone says, "Hey, this is offensive," oh yeah, done. No, like I, there are plenty of other scenes in the course of Disney's ninety-year history of animation yeah, that, that shows well the things he's talking about yeah. that you can refer to besides the crow scene in Dumbo. Oh, I agree. I would love for this to get like right. Like, there's no one who's going to tell you like there's zero wrong with this crow scene, right? right? Like. Even the people in this documentary are saying, like, well, there's this contrary, but, like, they do know that they have to say the word but. Yeah. Not and. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. Yeah. I think Go. I think we Go. have done this crow scene yeah. uh, as much as we should. Uh, I will say, though, that it does, uh, you asked me to look up the Disney warning, and mm-hmm. it is outdated cultural depictions. Yeah. That's what it says. And that is, I was looking up um, black perspectives on yeah. this scene and, and both of these scenes in this movie. Um, and one thing I found was generally the NAACP put out a statement when Disney Plus was talking about like maybe removing the scene and definitely talking about we're going to put up this content warning on any like yeah. this movie and Lady and the Tramp and Peter Pan and um, that NAACP, the statement was generally, this is nice that they're putting up this warning. It should be more prominent. It should be more specific. Yeah. Because you have to, the way that Disney Plus at least works is you have to find the movie you and have then to go, go to, the description. to the description, which yeah. is not something that you're automatically going to see if you, you watch the movie. If you click play on Dumbo, you will never see this warning. And I, I do agree. It, I mean, NAACP, yeah. I trust a lot more than yeah. most, than and, my own opinions. And like, do I believe this anime, like, like, we'll get to it at the end, but like, should this be completely like destroyed? No, it's a really interesting piece of history. Should it be watched uh, without context? No, no. Nope. It's a really problematic yeah. piece of history. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So going go, go, going back to Charlotte's Web. Yeah, let's do that. Hi, hi Wilbur. Um, not overtly racist. No, like surprisingly. That's nice. It's fine. There are no black people or people of color. In this whole thing. Yeah, I think you're correct. I mean, it's like on a farm in the Midwest in like the early 1900s. I'm trying to think if there might be black people at the state fair or something, but... There could be, but I don't think there are. They're not characters. They don't say words. Certainly not. They don't say fine swine, which was mine. And no voice actors. Right. Um, So it's just absence of, which I guess is... Hooray, progress. I mean, it's better. Mm. Um... I guess. So is there anything in Charlotte's Web that makes you say what? Let, let's first say. Oh, my God. A- Wait, is that what we're calling this segment? Things that make you say what? A funny line. Overt no, no, no. racism. So let's those start are, with the those layer. Are two things. Let's start with the layer of overt uh, giant problems. Do you recognize any in Charlotte's Web? I mean, we talked about the. The fact that Charlotte does all the work and Wilbur does yeah. nothing. Yeah. And he's the one that's recognized. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Okay. For me. But otherwise. What, what do, you, do you have anything else? No, I don't. I wasn't sure if you were but setting just, me up I for I just want to acknowledge that Dumbo yeah. has bigger problems. Yeah. It's Dumbo. It's from 1941. 
<laughs> it's Dumbo. In Charlotte's Web, the things that make me go what? Yeah. Are delightful. Yeah, Charlotte's Web has a couple of moments where we're just like, what the fuck is going on? And it's 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 really fu- like we paused because we were laughing so hard at one. Yeah. I think we rewound. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get to the uh-huh. I know the one that we want to talk about. Can I, you say oh, I have that several. One? Okay, yeah. What else oh, sure. do you have? Um, oh, I don't. Um, you referenced this earlier. Can uh-huh. I talk about it? Yeah. Dick, what is your mother's middle initial? <laughs> So these three spiders are born at the end, right? Uh, like, yeah. well, no, like thousands of spiders are born. They all fly and away. Three spiders remain to be like Wilbur. Wilbur's like raising these spiders. Yeah. They might be runts. Is that officially that's, what that's the, the official line thing. is? They are too light or too weak to fly. And right, they're babies. They don't know anything. They could talk, and they introduce himself, or like Wilbur introduces himself. He's like, I was have, a friend of your mother's. They have like a kind of a mix between adult and baby voices. Like they have high voices, and they talk a widow little like yeah. this. They don't say widow, but they say little like. So they have this weird delivery, and 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 this is this is the last scene in the movie. I would say almost like an Elmo delivery. Yeah, 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 it's a little Elmo. This is the last scene in the movie. Like Charlotte is dead. You know that Wilbur's gonna live a long life unless he dies too, because death is a part of life. Yeah. Um, and then these three are just like they spend like four minutes on their naming like ceremony. Naming three spiders. <laughs> and the first one says. I'm trembling with joy. And Wilbur goes, then I shall name you Joy. And it's Which, like, what? Why not trembles? Why are like, that's you? That's a great name. One, why are you naming spiders? <laughs> Two, I feel like he, he needs to like pass down. He's like, I don't know. Charlotte made up words for me. So now I have to make up words yeah. for someone else. So names that one Joy. And then the second one doesn't describe emotions at all. It just says, just matter of fact, what was my mother's middle name? Wilbur, nope, without batting nope, an eye. Nope. What was my mother's middle, middle initial. initial? Right. And Wilbur, yeah. without batting an eye, A. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, how does he know? Was this ever? And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Charlotte A. Webb. Was that ever said? Charlotte A. Webb. And then I, her last name isn't Webb. No. Wait. Charlotte, we're, we've, we've, Char- we're never given a last name for her. We're never given a middle name. Charlotte A. Spider? <laughs> she is a spider. Yeah. Wait, what was my mother's middle initial? A. a then and I, I will shall... name myself Arania. <laughs> so it's like already not in the same category as Joy, it's right? So like, crazy. And then the third one is like, I don't have a name. Yeah. And Wilbert's like, I will name you Nellie. <laughs> it's For the no weirdest, most random. So the first one is <sighs> named after. The emotion, An emotion that they're feeling. The second one chooses its own name based on its mother's middle initial. Which, which comes out of nowhere. And Wilbur just A. He's he's along. He's he's up for it. Yeah. And then the third one is Nellie. Nellie. It's not like Fern. That would have been a good name oh, for that Fern's third spider. Because Fern's the little girl yeah. that raises Wilbur. Oh, that would have been sweet. Like, there could have been other things. or Sh- like Like Charlotte. Yeah, Fern. Charlotte. We've got two right there. Right. And then name the third one like some pig. I mean, really, they should all be named Templeton. Oh, my God. Can we talk about Templeton? He's going to show up later in our in our oh, final okay. cut. Keep no, going. no, no. Keep going on this list. But let's talk about Templeton because he's the other character that make us go, what? Templeton is a rat. 
He is played by Paul Lynn or, or Charles Nelson Riley, Depending on what Netflix would have you believe. Net- or both. Netflix lists both Paul Lind and Charles Nelson Riley. Netflix is, yeah, because, you know, the way they, they do the title, it's like title, year, like three actors, actors from it, and then some more information. And so they list Debbie Reynolds, who is Charlotte. Then they list Charles Nelson Riley, Who is not in this movie. And then they list Paul Lynn. Who but is it, Templeton. But it made us go on an IMDb goose chase. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, maybe Charles Nelson Riley's Wilbur. Is he Wilbur? I'm like, it doesn't sound like him. Yeah, it's but the, he's kind of got like a little bit of Charles the only time that Charles Nelson. Nelson's Riley has, uh, you know, hidden his voice at all. <laughs> no, it's just... yeah. Some like two people at Netflix had a disagreement, so they just put both names in. I so my theory is that someone was like, uh, it's either Paul Lynn or Charles Nelson Riley. I'm gonna write them both because if you are not familiar, look them up. They're both like Hollywood Squares, 60s guys, both like famous for their like covert, overt, um, like stereotypical gay presentation. Yeah, some of the first of that generation yeah. to kind of express themselves as more or less openly gay, even though neither neither of them admitted it till either the end of their life or never. Right. Charles Nelson Riley, I, I don't uh, know offhand, but I know Paul Lynn, if you watch um, American Dad, the alien is just Based off, the yeah. Paul Lynn voice. Yeah. Like it's, it's straight up an impression. But just like isn't Stewie is Rex Harrison. Yeah. Specifically Henry... Um, uh, Henry Egan's. Henry Egan's. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you've heard you've heard that voice. Yeah, you've heard the voice. Um, Templeton is the best. I, I said before, Charlotte's the best character. I was lying. Templeton's Templeton is the best character in this movie. He's just like chunky old rat. Uh huh. That will just like do anything for food. Yeah. And he's kind of an asshole, and I love it. Yeah, you saying that is like, Templeton is the only one with a clear motivation in this movie. <laughs> like, I guess Wilbur doesn't want to die. die. But like, he doesn't have a positive thing that he's no. after. No, And Charlotte's just like, screw it, we're all going to die. Templeton's like, I would like more food. Please yeah, and like, thank you. Well, I'm going to eat some of that bacon. If you, give me, if you, if you die, I'm going to eat you. We need some leftover Wilbur. But like he's randomly part of people's plots. Yeah, he's so he is the only one for whatever reason that can like get out of the barn because Charlotte is like kind of small and Wilbur is trapped. Mm-hmm. But Templeton's a rat, so he can get out and about and find stuff. So, and this is a plot point that doesn't make sense to me. No sense, but at I all. love it, so it's fine. Wilbur Charlotte, knows. Wilbur knows a ton of words. Well, he Charlotte, learns to talk. That's, that's in one of the songs. He learns to talk in like a two second. These songs are all what musical theater calls park and bark, which yeah. is they stop the story, <laughs> sing they a song, sing, and then they then pick they up the story, the story after again. the song is done. It's Sherman Brothers. The songs are super catchy. Yeah. Like I said, like the melodies were wormed into my brain, oh, yeah. even though I didn't remember any of them. But anyway, there's an I Can Talk song, which is basically an I Can Fly Kind of, it's patterned off of that yeah. in terms of its structure. Well, it, it reminded me, but I don't me, care. <laughs> it reminded me so much of the Planet of the Apes musical from The Simpsons, <laughs> where like, uh, um, oh my God, what's his name? Phil Hartman, uh, Troy McClure. Troy McClure is playing uh, the human in Planet of the Apes, and he says like, "Get your paws off me!" And they're like, "He can talk." He's like, "I can talk. I can talk. I can sing." 
And Wilbur starts like that. literally. Like, I can that. talk. I can talk. I can talk. And I'm like, oh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so he could talk. He's yeah. learning words like salutations from conversations with Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte knows a ton of words. Has a vocabulary. Yeah. And even so, after she writes some pig in web. Yeah, her first thing is some pig. She's looking for the next word. And so she, for some reason, <laughs> tasks Templeton, like, Templeton, go find a word. <laughs> like, she can't think of any off the top. Like, it's just adjectives. Like, just go for adjectives. Yeah. So Templeton, like, searches these trash piles for, like, Cereal boxes and soap boxes. Just something with writing on it. Tearing off words. And the first word he comes back with, he rips off a box top, comes back, lays it out in front of Charlotte and Wilbur. And you have you have the better Thank call you. in voice. It says crunchy. And it's just literally a rectangle with the word crunchy on it. And the way he de- the way he de- like he 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 folds it out and just it He's- says crunch <laughs> this is the solution i have done what you tasked me with doing oh, and obviously it's and not the word that appears next so proud i'm not sure how funny it's supposed to be i don't i know. think it's supposed to be kind of funny but not as funny as we found it <laughs> that was the scene that we just like wait rewind yeah and then like the, the next word mm. he brings back is terrific or something or radiant which, yeah which charlotte could not possibly have thought of salutations like he what brings it? he brings back radiant and they're like they're yeah, like she kind of guesses right she's like i don't really know what this means but i'm gonna put it up like well she's like she's like i don't know what this means uh wilbur do a f- why don't you like strut around and <laughs> dance for me so i can see if you're radiant yeah, you're you're pretty radiant. Like, I don't know what it means, but you're it. What if that had mean like meant like delicious when smoked, or right? Like, like crunchy. <laughs> crunchy. <laughs> what if radiant just meant crunchy? Ridiculous. They don't know. He she could have been setting him up for slaughter. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that we're talking about the Templeton. Kate, what was the other? There was another segment. There was another bit in Charlotte's Web. Do you rem- do you remember where there's just like. A weird fade to something and then back. Oh, there's it's during one of the songs. Yeah. I can't remember which one. I don't think it's during the song Charlotte's Web. No, I which think is it's... beautiful and creepy, but it's weird. Um, it's during one of the songs where like they're fading. Is the... it maybe the one of the last songs where it's fading like like through the movie, it's like doing a maybe. It's doing a Descendants thing. Oh where you're, yeah, where it's recapping. You're the flashbacking movie. the oh. last ninety minutes, but like they something went wrong and they end up like fit, like crossfading between three different scenes at yeah. one time. So there's like one there's like one background scene that's like going from left to right. It's like mm-hmm. moving, and then there's two foreground scenes that are static that you're warping in and out of and one it's just, and it's like stroke material it's like chaos. it's yeah For like two seconds but it's chaos yeah um, um yeah dumbo had one of those too in the pink elephant scene which is in general oh but that actually had a stroke inducing mm-hmm. scene where they should legitimately have a warning they should there's just like a crazy flashing background it, and it builds it's a scene the the pink elephant scene. Well, let's talk about the pink elephant scene. Oh my God, yes. Because <laughs> there are some interesting things that both of these movies do with animation. Pink elephant. Like, I'd seen it before. I knew it, what it was going to be. Yeah. But it's still like, there were moments where I was like, holy shit. 
It's super. It makes me want to go back and watch Huffleups and Woozles, which scared mm. me as a kid, and I think the scene did too. And I like wonder which one is scarier. I think it's this one. I conflate them in yeah. my mind. Yeah. I, I we got to the Pink Elephant song. I'm like, oh, this song's not very. They're both good. like bump, bump, bump. Oh bum, yeah, because I'm bum, thinking bum, of Heffalumps and Woozles. Yeah, the Pink Elephant song kind of sucks. As well, a song. yeah, the Health Films and Mozo song is an improvement, but I think it is largely inspired. It's like this 6 8 yeah. kind of minor yeah. tuba based. Um, but yeah, it's very Fantasia in terms of it's just kind of visual elephant bubbles doing yeah. tessellations and weird artistic things. But super cool. It's so cool. Until you, the stroke scene at the end of it. Yeah, which like fine. For us, but like... It's like flashing lights and there's like whizzing cars and boats and it's a lot of overstimulation and it's like a strobe effect. Yeah, if a strobe effect bothers you, like, and I don't know because it's it's like a blue on black strobe. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a thing that sets people off or not, but... It's still... I don't have issues with strobe in general, but it still made my brain feel weird. Uh, yeah, I was like a little bit uncomfortable. So I'd say it's... Yeah, if so, you have some overstimulation issues, yeah, heads, be careful. Heads up. Um, but the animation in that scene was marvelous. So cool. Yeah. And yeah, you have to want, cause the, the, on paper, what causes it is that Dumbo and Timothy drink from a vat of water that has a full bottle of champagne, champagne or wine in it. And so they get drunk, but like maybe it was absinthe because, right. or like, the whole Walt Disney company was like Walt Disney and like was like alcohol is bad for you and this is what happens and they just had no idea what happened when you got drunk. Like like alcohol is bad for you. Also, I'm best friends with Salvador Dali. Right. Who like I don't know anything about Salvador Dali, but that did that dude did some stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen his art. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is a little bit more like an like what has been described to me as an acid trip in media. Yeah. So like it's not totally, like, I've been drunk before. I haven't seen a bunch of technicolored pink elephants oh God, make wish. spooky shapes around me. No, I just I just get a little tired. But yeah, they do some things, especially with, like, light and shadowing and outlining in these, like, weird neon colors Yeah, that, to me, at times resembles CG. Yeah, because it's just so clean. Yeah. Especially on, like, that dark... Mm-hmm. The background isn't black, but it's like it's black, black with, with like some, with some murky blue shapes and purple, like murky shapes. And like just all this animation set against that very dark background looks looks very, very clean. Mm-hmm. Like you can't see any of any like artifacting, any of the like stuff that you might normally see. Yeah. Like on on film. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, it's breathtaking. Yeah. It's so good. And popping back to charlotte's web they also have a scene like that not the scene where they crossfade between three different mm-hmm. visuals but the charlotte's web sequence itself which is really it has some cool very fantasial yeah like they make the threads of the web shine from like beginning to end yeah. and there's some cool just abstract things going on yeah that you can definitely see a thread well dick yeah are we ready <gasps> for the final final cut Wait, just final cut. Oh, sorry. Normal final cut. Not the final, final, final cut, cut cut. The final final cut cuts at the end. This is the final cut. Okay. Charlotte's Ooh. Web is not being completely no, uh, the thread t- is snipped the, down the, from its, yeah. No, Charlotte doesn't die yet. She's just feeling a little bit She's just feeling a little tired. Yeah. 
But Charlotte, you've got to write a word so I don't get murdered. Dick, if you were going to shout out a scene, and we've done a couple already, um, but if you were going to shout out a scene now Mm. for Dumbo that you found particularly resonant, moving, impressive, what would you shout out? That is a good question. So we've already talked about the clowns like planning in their tent. Which I I love. I think that's really which powerful. Is, I don't think we said how though. If you want to talk about that, it's all done in silhouette. Yes, they're in the tent. So there's all a you lot see of is... interesting silhouette mm-hmm. in this movie. Some of it more effective, some of it less effective. But it's cheaper. It like, well, yeah. That's why they did it. But, but there's they like do it well. Like the clowns are in silhouette, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like really cool because they're all like changing shape because they're deflating themselves or getting out of their big clown pants yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and that scene, that scene I feel is really strong, Yeah. but we did talk about that. So I'm going to jump to, uh, a different scene that I have just forgotten about what I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to switch it up. Okay. I could talk about this. You go. Uh, it might be what you were going to do, but now I'm going to steal it if Damn you were it. going to. So I noticed in this movie, so I was like ready to cry for baby mine, right? Like. Just, I have sense memories where I hear that song yeah. and I will start to cry. And as we already mentioned, like, the scene didn't quite pack the gut punch that I thought it was going to. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like, that's, it's still a good scene and it still made me tear up. What did make me tear up was when Dumbo and his mom are first separated. Mm. When she is taken away and she is like, uh, I guess, what do you call an elephant foot? elephant foot cuffed foot uh she is foot cuffed um to her train car the mad elephant car yeah and she's like freaking out and dumbo is freaking out because now he's just alone in a circus tent Mm. and you see the mom like once she's cuffed um she's like swaying side to side right like and Mm -hmm. she's crying and then you cut and then you fade to Dumbo and he's doing that same side to side sway and he's tearing up. Yeah. And then and and to me that was very powerful that like yeah. oh this is the swaying movement that transfers from one to the other made me cry. What the making of featurette illuminated for me is that additionally and this is a subconscious thing I think that plays into it yeah. is that when the mom is swaying she's in her you know, jail car, and she has the bars of the window silhouetted on her face in the moonlight, like it's shadows. And then when you cut to Dumbo, he's inside the circus tent, and the tent's canvas walls are vertical stripes. Yeah. And so it is that visual. This is another thing that your brain connects. Mm. Uh, so well done. Something I do think is really interesting is that when they reconnect for Baby Mine, mm. she. Uh, Dumbo gets in her trunk and she sways him. Yeah. And it's it's like another connection of like mm-hmm. they, they're they swaying for comfort. And I do, they, so they researched real elephants for this. Mm. Even though they didn't have a lot of money, they did look at elephant movement. I also noticed that swaying in the, when all the elephants stack on top of each other and then mm-hmm. they all get hurt. Um, when they have like all those bandages on in the train, they yeah. are swaying. Interesting. So it, I'm assuming it's something that elephants do when they are distressed. Hmm. But maybe they made it up. But at any at any rate, it's yeah. impactful. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to give um, 
a shout out to a, a, a scene that was less powerful, but I can't get out of my head okay. in life. And that's like the beginning uh, train scene mm. uh, where like all the animals and the people get on the train um, because that Casey Jr. song is like stuck in my head every once in a while. But always the train yelling all aboard in its train whistle voice. Yeah, I can't even do it. It's just I'm not a train like whistle. I don't know why, but like that little all aboard like yeah in my head like every time i get on the subway or whatever it's like all aboard Aww. like that's just in my head so that's the shout out that's great yeah and that theme comes back to in interesting ways yeah. i feel like this is you know all the movies up to this point have music and again i haven't seen pinocchio recently but what this movie does that i didn't notice in the other is that motifs come back mm-hmm. so the casey jr one comes in at the End yeah, of you a hear moment. that Casey Jr. thing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's like a fun, it's like, okay, we got energy. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about for Charlotte's Web? I don't know. What do you got? Well, I got a scene. Shit. All right, do it. Uh, you can have it. Templeton. Yeah. The, the scene that I remembered most from this movie. Same. And I loved it most, even though it is grotesque and not something I would normally... Normally in, in any other movie, it would be like, no, I hate this scene. But because it's kind of the only fun scene in this movie, <laughs> this movie is very dry. It's very dry. Very dry. Even the songs. Yeah. Very dry. Not a lot of fun. Not a lot of fun. And Templeton has this, it's even a reprise in this movie. I didn't realize that. The goose has this like yeah, the goose sings speech inflection where she just repeats words over and over. So or she repeats the end. So she'll yeah, say smorgasbord, orgasbord, orgasbord. They're trying to convince Templeton that he wants to go to this fair because he can help find words or yeah. something. Um, and they convince him because they're like a fair has all the different foods, and when you go out at night, you can eat all the different foods. He's like, oh okay, crunchy, crunchy, and <laughs> he goes to the fair. And he eats all the fair foods, yeah. and he just has the time of his life. It's a, it's a cool use of animation because he keeps eating all these foods that are bigger than him, and his like his rat stomach just expands to this like unsightly like grotesque amount. It's, it's a good use of animation. The song's reprise, I think, is more fun than the first version of the so song. So much more fun because he's like a and little he's singing bit. It. He's like full of food. He's like a little bit slurry. Var is Paul, Yeah, Paul Lind is the. So this oh, is so good. this is not a musical. Like it's a musical theater piece. Right. It is a movie with music, and most of the actors, unfortunately, are treating it that way. Like yeah. Debbie Reynolds was in Singing in the Rain and stuff, but I guess she's more of a dancer, or like at least was phoning in the songs here because. Her 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 singing voice adds nothing to these songs. Like I was so bored by yeah. any time she's singing, but like Paul Lind is able to stay in character oh. and accurately sing the notes. Like he's the most fun to listen to while he's singing. Yeah, um, and it was just a joy. Like this scene is fun. Like I said, like there's not a lot of fun in this movie, but like Paul Paul Lind gets it, yeah. and he just. Whatever wanna, he's getting paid, he's giving more than what he's getting back. <laughs> like I don't know how many more musicals I can find him in because mm-hmm. I know he did the movie version of Bye Bye Birdie. Okay, and he did this, and he's great in both. Okay, 
So I want to. I I just want to see him do more yeah. musicals. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Dick. I took. That's okay. You. I took, took the good scene in you Charlotte's took the Web. <laughs> single best scene in Charlotte's Web. Um. I guess if I'm gonna shout something out that's not Templeton saying crunchy or Templeton <laughs> singing the fair song. I mean, that's my second. I guess it'll be the like kind of at the beginning when mm. Fern is talking to Dad about like the the pig dying because that kind of it sets mm. a tone that the movie doesn't fully like execute on. Yeah, but like from the beginning, Wilbur has people trying to save his life just because, just because. Right. So, like, Fern saves his life. Charlotte saves his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, also kind of the thesis. Like, Dad says kind of the same stuff Charlotte does. Yeah. Like, well, a, a runt pig is not going to eat as much, and mm-hmm. he's not going to so-and-so, and he's not any use to us. He's just going to die anyway, so I'm going to take an axe to it. Mm-hmm. And Fern's like, that's not acceptable. And he's <laughs> like, well, we live on a farm, so too bad so it's it like kind of sets the sets the the practicality mm-hmm. which is which is like an interesting theme is like uh be practical yeah like yeah you're yeah you're gonna die like um so that like i like that moment i like that father-daughter moment i like that generational conflict yeah because i think in a modern movie it would just be taken for granted that like oh, this is a pig we've presented to you as a main character. Of course you don't want him to die. Yeah. And yeah, it made me, as obnoxious as Wilbur is, it made me kind of buy into the story more that like, cool, this is not the only, you're not forcing me to be on Wilbur's side of like, how dare you kill a pig? Yeah. But like, it helps me, yeah, it helps me sympathize with Wilbur as an individual pig yeah. versus this system that's like, mm, pigs die. And the father is not presented as a bad guy. Mm-mm. If anything, he's presented as the sensible, practical guy. And Fern is kind of like, oh, it's a kid. All right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It's a presentation that you wouldn't get these days. Mm-hmm. So Correct. And there has been... I would be interested. I don't really want to spend the time to see it. Oh. So if any of you have seen it, listeners, um, there's a mid-2000s, I want to say 2006, um, yeah, live action slash CGI, like babe-ish, yeah. um, Charlotte's Web. I think Dakota Fanning is Fern. Oh. Um, so I'd be interested to see how 40 years later this story gets translated because yeah. it seems like this is a pretty faithful adaptation to the books story yeah from all accounts eb white hated it because of the music yeah that's that's his main thing he's like you know you ruined this it, what what is this music it Why'd doesn't you... add any like and to be fair like the sherman brothers write great songs but to be fair eb Wright is one eb white is 100 percent correct also, like these, just... these songs just are these are good like, songs, but insufferable in the context of the like movie. They feel like throwaway songs for the Sherman Brothers, too. Absolutely. They're better than this. Like, I'm sorry. They wrote Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. They're better than, than this music. But also, they're better at writing theme park songs, where it's more mood music. Yeah. Like, that we've got lots in common where it really counts. 
That would be a great theme park oh, song. That's a fun song. It doesn't tell any kind of a story. Nope. It doesn't have to do with anything that's happening in a movie. Nope. But if that was on a ride, you would love that song. I absolutely would. They're just they're not You're musical correct. theater writers. That's okay. That's okay. No. Anyway. Uh okay, what's our next segment? MVP. Ooh. Most valuable pig or flying elephant. P- did you say flying elephant? I did. Okay. Uh, I need a moment. Do you have an MVP? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Paul Lind. Yeah. Uh, he 100% commits. Um, Templeton has the best line deliveries. He's the only character I find interesting beyond, like, Charlotte's specific dialogue words. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and just every time Templeton's on screen, I'm paying attention. When Templeton is off screen... I don't care nearly as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good Good for Paul and committing to this otherwise kind of dry and dull and a little bit pointless movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give my MVP to uh, Joe Grant. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, one of the two or three, I guess, directors of Dumbo. He's a co-director. Um, Joe Grant. Uh, they did like a in our in our thing we watched the featurette the featurette we watched they did like a little um, exploration of who these people were and Joe Grant um, like not only was he involved in Disney from like the beginning let's see yeah he he started in like 1933 mm-hmm. at Disney and also. He returned in 1989 to work on Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Mulan, Fantasia 2000, and Monsters, Inc. He died, like, after coming home from work one day at 96. Yeah. He's there for all of Disney. Yeah. Beginning through Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Who else? Like, no one else. Yeah. Who's there from 1933 to Monsters, Inc.? Yikes. That's crazy. That's awesome. So, yeah, Joe Grant, uh, f- fascinating. Uh, really, really interesting guy. Yeah. And I will state, like, it, they didn't have a lot of story to work with, but they did good storytelling with what they had um, in Dumbo. Like, yeah. I like every scene that I'm watching. So, good job, Joe Grant. Yeah. Also, Jewish. Oh, yep. good. Yep. Did did Walt know? <laughs> he did. Hey. And, and Joe Grant said that uh, Walt is not anti-Semitic, so leave it alone. Because he hired me, and there can be no evidence of it. Well, I mean, he said he didn't experience any of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can we could do an episode on Walt's uh, anti-Semitism problems. That'd yeah, there are multiple. The problem, the, the trouble with Walt. The trouble with Walt. Uh, we can record it right before we go and spend eight full days at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. Yeah, so. and after we prepaid in advance for three years of Disney Plus. Hey, <laughs> I really love The Lion King. Yeah, Dick, if you're yeah. gonna cross over these two movies in some way, oh, you got one. You're ready. Yeah. Look at you. Go. Yeah. Okay. Um. So here. Uh, <laughs> I need to make a change yeah. to some of these characters. Yeah. I want uh, the crows to be uh, updated and voiced by black people yes. entirely. Uh-huh. Um, but I want them to hang out with Templeton. Okay. Because I just I think they'd be fun together. Like 
as a kid, the crows were my favorite characters in Dumbo. I understand why that does not hold up now, but I, I loved them so much. Um, and I think there is a way you can make the crows not horrible. And if you make the crows not horrible, then they would have fun with Templeton the rat. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I like them hanging out. So my crossover is is similar. Is Templeton and... No, no, no. Well, you, Templeton's just my Templeton. friend. Oh, my God. No, I replace the crows with the barnyard animals because they are mm. similarly skeptical of Wilbur being Some of pig. any value yeah. to their community. And they're right to be skeptical. And Charlotte is the, right? Charlotte is the Timothy the Mouse of this movie. And she's yeah. like, okay, guys. So, like... Yes. Would it help if they are all already in a tree? Sure. But like some of them can be in a tree. You some of them can goose be in a tree. looking down or whatever, like, or looking from the bottom. Because I think, I, I don't think, especially because they are only used for five minutes and there's nothing given about their background, I don't think there is any reason for the crows to be coded black in any way or played by all black actors. I understand what you're saying in terms right. of like if it's the original, but like it doesn't make any sense. Just have it be a mix of animals. Whoever voices it is fine. Yeah. And they can sing a song that is maybe less um Yeah. 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 The Sherman Brothers could probably write this song too. I don't think so. No. Not no. not the jazz version, but think, like they could write puns. I think one Sherman brother. One Sherman brother? Cuz okay. the other one's dead. Oh well, I meant in the in the large span I, of time. I know what you meant. Yeah, I just think you have different characters replace that, and yeah. I wouldn't. I I mean, it's probably not going to happen. They, I think they just took the crows out of the Tim Burton one. I would be interested in watching the Tim Burton one just to see what, because I know the the original Dumbo is only like a third of the Tim Burton movie, and then yeah. there's like two new movies kind of smushed in there yeah. and that's part of the problem but i do know the crows are taken out and the roused about song is taken out can we really quickly address the end of dumbo because i don't think we've talked about it yeah so it feels like there should be a third act because we're only at 64 so, minutes so dumbo learns to fly learns to fly um he becomes with a, a magic famous, feather he becomes a famous yeah he learns to fly with a magic feather he, the first time he tries to fly with the magic feather, the magic the feather falls out of his trunk. Mm -hmm. Timothy yells, you had the magic in you all along. Yeah. Dumbo flies. All along for these two minutes of film. Dumbo flies. And then we see newspaper clippings about how he's a famous elephant now. And then we see his mother in a fancy circus train. That says Dumbo the flying elephant. With him yeah. flying by the yeah. end. That's, the third act is condensed into one minute. Like the, the there is, it's it's like they were making the movie in order. Yeah, like the, it's like they 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 filmed everything in order, and then they were like, "Oh shit, we need it done now." We're Let's out just of time and a, money. Throw on a two minute third act. Okay, good. I was surprised that that wasn't the story. That it was that's so weird. The sixty minute version is what they planned all it, along. It was so weird. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, any yeah. crossover needs to involve fixing the crows for sure. Yeah. So, Kate, is it time now? It is time. For the final. Final. Cut. Cut. Final, final, cut, cut. Sorry, Charlotte Kate, and your web. We're going to take these movies. Mm -hmm. Let's start with Charlotte's Web. Okay. 
Do you re-release it as is? Mm-hmm. Say like, cool, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Do you do a special edition where you maybe fix it up or put it in a different format? Mm-hmm. Or do you chuck this thing into the vault never to be seen again? I I feel bad chucking it into the vault. I don't know that I can make a case for like why anyone should see it. Wow. Besides Templeton. The only reason I would keep it around is to have a Templeton spinoff and for someone to be like, what's a spin? Like, uh, is, wh- there's some kind of, there's some 70s sp- sitcom that's a spinoff of another one, but it got more popular. Yeah, that's like every 70s sitcom. Right? But it's yeah. like, what, like Laverne and Shirley is off of Happy Days. Happy Days isn't off of anything, is it? Because uh, otherwise that, because like Happy Days was bigger than Laverne and Shirley. But it's something yeah. like that. I mean, Frasier is off of Cheers. Yeah, but Cheers was big in its own right. Um, but it's something like that. It's something in that vein yeah, where I like. Know what you, I know what you're saying. The There's a lot of those weird spin needs the original to happen, yeah. but like is way better than the original. Yeah. And I think that's what I would do. I would just okay. make a Templeton franchise. Huh. He's so fun. He's like, he's, yeah, he's, he's Timon great. and Pumbaa. Like if yeah. Timon and Pumbaa can do all the stuff that they've done, Templeton can easily do all that too. I don't care about the original movie. I think it's interesting to have a children's movie about death and the cycle of life, but I don't think they lean into it enough to make it worth it. Like so you just fault the I movie. I think I think Lion King does it better. I think well, that's Big the Hero Six of does night, it better. Not the cycle of right, life. like there are other movies that approach death and cycles in a more coherent way. Huh. I think Charlotte's Web could be remade better, but this specific movie, I'm. I'm not vaulting it, but like, you do, hey, you do I'm what you want. Stunting it and saying, let's take Templeton forward into the future. So you're basically you're you're saying you vault the movie. I, yeah, I sp- I spin off a Templeton. I I am almost 180 from you. Oh wow! So I like it's not great as a movie. It's not great, but I think there is a lot that is salvageable. I really enjoy the character of Charlotte just being like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you're gonna die and get eaten. Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. That's what happens to you. Um, I really like Templeton, and I really, I hear what you're saying about other movies being about death, but I think they are different in that. I am not that attached to Mufasa when he dies. It's pretty early. I know you are. I'm not. It's. It's not that early. It's pretty early. It's halfway through the movie. It's pretty early. Um, I am not that attached to Hero's brother when yeah, he dies in Big Hero fair. 6, right? But Charlotte dies at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like when she's saved our main character's life a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're a true friend. You're amazing. Great. I think we can special edition this. Mm-hmm. And save it in its like weird dryness that I kind of find comfortable. Uh huh. Um, and make it something worth watching. So my special edition is I make the movie better. I think I think there's justification for remaking this entirely and completely animated. Yeah. Like I just don't want to lose Paul Lind. Yeah. So yeah, I guess new movie and just archival. Parlet, Paul Lind. Yeah. Deal. Great. Deal. I'm actually, I'm for that. All right. We've agreed. We could agree on We've it. We've agreed. Kate. Yep. 
Dumbo. Oh, Dumbo. Mm, Dumbo. I mean, it has problems. Really? Am I gonna Am I gonna show this to a child in 2020 and just like sit them in front of it and say, enjoy? No. Um Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go back to our cellmates trope of it's a museum piece. Yeah, oh, you roll your eyes, but it's so, I think it's great for animators. I also think that everything that Dumbo teaches according to animators has been done again. Like, you can say, hey, we learned this from, like, what we did here in Mermaid, we learned from Dumbo, what we did here, you know. Right. You could say that, but I think it's it's a good animator's tool. And I think there's a lot of it that that doesn't work for modern audiences and there's no need for it to work like it's not because it's full of these half messages it's not an important enough story on its own to say like okay there's a lot of problems in this but the story itself is awesome I don't believe that about Dumbo it's It's got some emotional moments yeah I don't super care about the story so it's it's a it's an educational it's educational literature. Hmm. All right, here's what I do. Mm-hmm. I special edition it. Mm-hmm. And I make it into a short movie. The way the way, that the it, way was it was originally kind of intended. intended and we can just get rid of some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um or even even like I I kind of want to give it that song of the south treatment where we just say like look, we are not Acknowledge, we're not we're we're not showing this movie anymore. But there's this bit with a rabbit and a fox that's pretty good. Yeah. So well, we're gonna show that part. I would encourage you to look I more know, into the origin I of know, those stories as too. well. Here's okay. I've ended on the I've ended on the side of we need to just retheme Splash Mountain because it's there's not it it wouldn't be that hard. To I'm kind of when we're when we're going to Disney World, it's going to be under renovation, and there's a little bit me like breathing a sigh of relief that I don't have to make the decision of whether or not I want to go on Splash Mountain. I know it's, it's a little bit too much. But luckily, we have the Hall of Presidents open this oh. time, so we can go see. <laughs> Thank goodness. We can go see our president not give problematic a at all. beautiful speech. I'm sure. Let's do that right after drinking around the world. Uh, Let's drink around the world and then we've got park hoppers. Yeah. All right. Sorry. (laughs) So no, I think I think there is salvageable stuff within Dumbo. I think there is there are obvious huge problems with this movie. Um, the things that I don't want to lose are the beautiful animation Mm -hmm. and the uh, music, which like. Roustabout song we get rid of, and Elephant Fly we get rid of. Elephant Fly, it, you have to redo the scene. Although I'll say, like I've had it stuck in my head all day. It's a fun song because it's a fun, it's yeah. a fun hook. Da 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 da. da. When I see an elephant, the yeah. vernacular is problematic. The, yeah. All the characters that are singing are problematic. But uh, Baby Mind is great. Mm-hmm. The Casey Junior song I love. Yeah. Um, Pink Elephants I'm Afraid kind of sucks as a song, but like that. It's that creepy scene, enough where I'm like, I like, and kind of intimidates me into being a great song. That scene is where I'm kind of like, we can't, 
we can't just vault this. Sure. Like that has sure. to be preserved. So I kind of want to see it as a Disney sing-along songs mm-hmm. where it's just like, here are some of the songs from a movie called Dumbo. Don't worry about it. Or like, I think it would be interesting. Not every, there wouldn't be a giant market for it, but we'd be part of the market. <laughs> Disney sing-alongs, right? Like just like really good scenes from Disney movies. A lot of them are going to have music because that's how Disney works. Uh-huh. But like, I think just some of these scenes are worth preserving. And yeah. and within the scenes, there's no problematicism or the way it's presented, you can more easily talk about it. This is basically just a, sh- a, a, a compilation of our scene shout outs yeah. from this podcast. Which is, which is, which just goes back to, it should be educational material for yeah. it. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Kate, uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we have another episode coming up in two weeks. We do. Do we have a pairing for that yet? Well, maybe. Maybe. We maybe have a pairing for that. Would you like to make the decision on air? Would that be an exciting thing? Oh my God, live? Live. On air? Live. We'll do it live. Um, What do we got? We've got... Yeah, you get, uh, to, to, tune in for this one. We've got a we've got a spreadsheet here yeah. that's got a lot of that's. So anyway, uh, while Kate is looking up the spreadsheet, if you have a suggestion for us, uh, feel free to hit us up at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, Cellmates Podcast on Facebook, uh, Cellmates Podcast at Gmail dot com, uh, or like visit Cellmates Podcast dot com for just general stuff. Dick, I've highlighted two of the next upcoming episodes, and you're going to decide live on air which one we're doing do, do, in do you, two weeks. Do you need me to decide? Because I think you know. No, I think, you, I think I've got it, yeah. All right. We are going to be watching Wonder Park. Well, hold on. Should we say the titles, or should we just hint? Well, I just said we're going to be titles. watching Wonder Park. <laughs> and another movie. About grief and the fantastical creatures... That help us get through it. Yeah. Ta-da. Like spiders da, who spin da, webs. Da, da, da. Dick, I gotta tell you that you? there are very few people in life who are considered true friends <laughs> and a good writer. <laughs> and you are both. <laughs> Oh my god. This is how the movie Charlotte's Web ends. (laughs) This narrator who has been pretty intrusive this whole time. I assume he's quoting things from the book. He ends it. It's like this fade like this zoom out from the farm and he goes, There are very few people like very few friends in life where you can consider a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. And then the movie ends. That's what you end on. It's the last what in a oh. movie full of what? You can't vault that, Kate. People have to see that. That's it. I, that's fair. Oh, Kate, I consider you a good friend and a great and writer. a great writer for Soulmates Podcast. For Soulmates Podcast, I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. Uh, bye. Bye. It's like but, an IPA and a like a Belgian. Yeah.
It just, oh, so good. Well, what would you be call this? A shandy or just a mixed drink? Because it has two. I mean, it's a mixed beer, right? Like a, a black beer. and tan. Or a blend. A, a blend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is a black and tan? I guess, yeah, I forgot about that. It is a thing. Black and tan is Guinness and Newcastle? No, no, no. But like, what is it called? A black and tan. 